E Las Vegas. Are you between a rock and a hard place? Are you not sure if you're a sinner or a saint? Do you think you've lost your salvation? Let me take you to the New King James Version. In the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 12 through 14, and Jesus says, What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? Does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is strained? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices moreover that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. Welcome to Save the Lost at All Costs. Hosted by Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. Featuring your sister in Christ and humble servant of the Lord, Nina S. Griffin. Good afternoon. You're listening to Sister Nina S. Griffin, and we're on Save the Lost at All Costs. We're going to open up the phone lines right away. If you're local, you'll dial 702 Six five zero fifty five eighty eight. Again, if you're local, you'll dial seven zero two six five zero fifty five eighty eight. If you're calling outside the Las Vegas area, please dial eight hundred three six six eighty eight eighty three. I say again, dial eight hundred three six six eighty eight eighty three. You'll use these numbers if you want to join in on our discussion today. Have a praise report, prayer request, a general comment. We'd love to hear from you. Also, our uh, program is being streamed over KKVV's website, and their web address is www.kkvv.com. Hello and God bless. I just waved to you. And we're also being streamed live from Save the Lost at All Costs' website. Our website address is www.savethelostlv.org. If you have missed any of our previous broadcasts, I really encourage you to go to our website again, www.savethelostlv.org. Select the date that you'd like to listen to. The gospel is always free on our watch. And um, I humbly um, ask that you send somebody else over there so that they can get blessed with you. Also, if you have an Apple device, we are being archived on iTunes. So, Again, the gospel is always free free on our watch. Now, if you have a cell number, like most of us do have, or a cell phone, shall I say, there is a number that you can call to listen to KKVV anytime you like, or you can listen to Save the Lost at All Costs right now. And that phone number would be 563-999-3194. I say again, that number is 563-999-3194. I truly, truly encourage you to put it into your cell phone under one of your contacts, and it will bless you tremendously. So we're going to continue with uh, what we started last week, and that was basic Bible study skills. So part one was last week. Uh, this week we're doing part two. And as I told you at the beginning of the year, I tried to give you a Greek word. So uh, I have another Greek word for you. And that word is uh, Strong 4986. Again, it's Strong's 4986. I'm going to spell the word for you, and then I will pronounce it for you, and I will tell you what it means. The word is spelled S-O-P-A-T-E-R. S-O-P-A-T-E-R. So that uh, is one way that you will recognize it in the Bible. Uh, 
but let me give you uh, the Greek rendering of it. The Greek rendering is S-O-P-A-T-R-O-S. Again, S-O-P-A-T-R-O-S. And the pronunciation would be Sopatros. Sopatros. And it means Savior of His Father. So that is a Heavenly Father. And um, believe it or not, it is a, a father that is held in high esteem. And we find this uh, used uh, one time in the book of Acts. And uh, we will go there and uh, you will see it. But it was actually uh, a companion of Paul. So we'll talk more about that. All right. Well, that's your Greek word. So again, we're going to basic Bible studies skills part two. So. Last week, uh, we touched on a method of studying the Bible, and it was the OIA method, which would be observe, interpret, and apply. So I don't want to uh, dwell too much on what we did last week. Like I said, I gave you the uh, web address to our ministry website, and you can listen to it, part one, and be totally blessed. So there uh, are two Groups of people I'd like to look at today in reference to how the um, OIA method can apply. Again, that stands for observe, interpret, and the uh, application. So, we're going to look at um, the Bereans. And they come from a place called uh, Berea. And that's uh, in um, the area of Macedonia. And Paul spent some time there. And then we're going to look at um, some people in uh, the book of uh, Thessalonians. And uh, the town would be Thessaloniki. So we're going to uh, look at some people there as a contrast in reference to how to study the scriptures. And I think you will be real, real pleasantly surprised and blessed by it. Now, we have people that were uh, mentioned in the Old Testament, and that would be the house of Israel. Uh, in the New Testament, we see the Greeks, or shall we say the Gentiles. Uh, the Gentiles would be anybody that was not born of uh, a Hebrew lineage, would not be a person that would uh, consider themselves uh, Jewish. So that would be anybody who was not of that house of Israel bloodline would be considered a Gentile. And then you have those that are Christian converts. So you have three um, types of people in the Bible. You're going to have uh, those that have, of the house of Israel, those that of Gentiles, and then you're going to have those that are converts. So... The converts come after our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ did his work on the cross. And uh, the Apostle Paul uh, is uh, one of the apostles that was charged with the mandate, given the mission. And anytime there's a mission by God, there's a commission. So he was commissioned to do something. So he has a mission and then he was commissioned to do something. So uh, his mission, like uh, all of us, is the Great Commission that we're supposed to spread the gospel. Amen? And then, in addition to that, he actually 
taught others and prepared them to do this. And we are very excited about Paul taking his mission and his commission very seriously. So I'm going to get right into the Word of God. And let's start um, looking at some of these people that I mentioned we're going to look at for a contrast as to how to uh, really study the Scriptures. Now, I talked about um, the Bereans. The only thing that they had was the Old Testament. They did not have the New Testament to study. They had the Old Testament to study. So um, they are mentioned in Scripture, so we need to uh, look at that. So I'm going to get my notes together, and we're going to get right into that. But I want you to uh, prepare your hearts and mind for something that our Lord and Savior talked about. And I want you to uh, go with me to Matthew first. Because I want to prepare you for uh, what you're about to really get into with this lesson. So we're going to go to Matthew chapter 16. And then we're going to go to... Another part in the Bible, we are going to go to um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and then we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 2. So, and then we'll get into some contrast and comparison. So, Matthew chapter 16. If you give me a moment, I like to put on my reading glasses. It makes the print that much better for me, and I can be more of assistance to you. So I have them right here. They're not far. Alrighty. So we're going to get into Matthew 16. And we're going to look at verses 13 through 26. And the word of God says this. Again, I'm in the New King James Version. Verse 13. Matthew chapter 16. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? 14. So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. 15. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? 16. Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. 17. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. 18. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. 19. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. 20. Then he commanded his disciples... And they should tell no one that he was Jesus Christ. 21. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. 22. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. 23. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Now, 
Christ is building his church. We must be totally aware of that. It is Christ who is building the church. Please get that in your spirit. Men do not build Christ's church. Only Christ builds his church. And who is the church? The church of Ecclesia, the called out ones. That's the body of Christ. That who is doing the building is that who created is Christ. So please, please keep that in mind when you're studying the scriptures. So that you will keep your mind focused on all that is Christ, all that represents Christ. And Christ is very clear to explain that to us. So it's very important that we get that foundation, number one. Now, let's get over to Second uh, Corinthians. Because sometimes we get distracted. We want to do things our way or we believe that there are some things that need to be done first or we get confused. So Christ quickly establishes that he is the one that's building. So we're going to Second Corinthians. We're going to go to chapter 5 and we're going to look at a few verses. Again, I'm in Second Corinthians chapter 5. And I'm going to start around verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. 18. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. 19. That is, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. 21. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So, it's important that we keep the focus on Christ. Because when we're studying the scriptures, we really, really need to understand that. See, there are those that we really need to help understand about what is going on after the cross. The conversion to follow Christ. And we are called Christians. See, that's what's important. Because there's a lot of separation. There's a lot of division. But when you read God's word. And you hear. Our Lord and Savior speaking. About. What he is establishing. And that if we love him, we will keep his commands. So it's very important when you're studying the scriptures that you get that. There's always a beginning. And this story that is being told, this word that's being unfolded, God's word, it's about Christ. Christ. 
This is all for our betterment, for us to understand that the same theme has permeated from Genesis to Revelation. And it's about the work that Christ did for us so that we can have fellowship with our Father who's art in heaven. It's very important. We cannot get confused. But there are factions out there that are sowing division. And if you want to know about your Lord and Savior and His perfect plan for your lives, then we must know how to properly understand the gift of salvation. If not, we're truly going to be separated. And that's why we really have to get this skill set down. And I'm just addressing the basic Bible study skills. Just the basics. But we must keep what is central. What is the main theme here? It's always Christ. Now there's uh, Ephesians that I'd like to share with you. And then we're going to do uh, a more closer look at the people that were considered more noble in their study and their approach to the scriptures. And that would be the Bereans. So let's get over here to Ephesians. And I'm in chapter 2. And the word of God says this. Again, I'm in the New King James Version. Verse 1. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Two, in which you once walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air and the spirit of who now works in the sons of disobedience. Verse 3, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. For, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead and trespasses made us alive together with Christ by grace you have been saved six and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus seven that in the ages to come he might show the exceedingly riches of his grace his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus eight For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Nine, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Ten, for who are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. Eleven, therefore, remember that you 
once Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands. 12. That at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. 14. For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down in the middle wall of separation. 15. Having abolished his flesh, the immunity, that is, the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. 16. And that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, therefore putting to death the enmity. 17. And he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near. 18. For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. 19. Therefore, Excuse me, 19. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens and the saints and members of the household of God. 20. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. 21. In whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. 22 in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. That's it. It's the unification. Whether you're Jew, Greek, Gentile, all of you can come. But there has to be a conversion. And those that are converted, convert to the belief and the faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who the Father has sent to do the work. That's what we should be focusing our study on. When we're looking at the scriptures, we need to make sure that we're studying to see that happening. And when people present something to us, they preach a word or they teach a word, we should be opening up the scriptures to see if it reconciles to what Christ has laid out. That is what the Bereans did. See, when the Apostle Paul came, they listened. They had an open heart. They had an open mind. Again, all they had was the Old Testament to go off of. And they would study the scriptures every day to see if what the Apostle Paul and others like him, when they presented the gospel, was actually lining up. Because the gospel should support the prophecy As to who Jesus was 
and what he was doing and how it related to the father. See, that's what they were studying for. They weren't jealous and wanted to seize Paul and get other people to act like a mob and accuse Paul of trying to present something that would come against the Roman Empire. No, that's not what the gospel does. The, the gospel speaks of the, the Messiah. It speaks of our Savior. It speaks of where we're going to spend our eternity. It talks about the power of repentance. Forgiveness. It speaks of healing and redemption. And it speaks of gifts, spiritual gifts. It speaks of a kingdom that has no end. So, it was not concerned with traditions of men and gangmanship and politics and things that cause division and stoke fears and jealousy and separation and entitlement. No. That's not what the gospel did. The gospel showed us how much we were in need of a savior, of someone to love us, to care for us, to teach us, to show us the error of our ways, to show us how to become holy, and how to love a God, not because of what he does, but because of who he is. How to relate to one another properly. How to have respect for our teachers and elders. And to have healthy debates and passionate debates about the wonderful things that the kingdom was revealing to us. And to be able to learn how to study and that discipleship was a beautiful thing. It was worship that paid dividends in a season called now and for all eternity. It was how you were going to lift yourself up and lift up others through the word of God. The instruction was powerful. It was riveting. It was revelatory. It was transforming. It was regenerating. It increased your faith. It built your character. It introduced the concept of wisdom. The reverence of knowing who God really is. And that he's like no other God. 
There are those who say there are other gods, but there's no God like the Most High God. Not even close. It's important that we understand that and that we get that in our spirit. And that the gospel that the Apostle Paul was presenting, like the other apostles, it had real power. It wasn't just words. It was power that was endued into them, that was given to them from the our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And when they spoke, men's hearts were open. Their minds were clear because they understood this was not just common words. This wasn't like anything they had ever heard. It reached down to their very core. It touched them in ways that they weren't even aware that they could be touched like that. It gave them a sense of connection and belonging and being and that they were in relationship for the first time with the one who had created them. It was such a higher calling And they could understand how to reconcile themselves to not only with God, but with others. It was a wonderful teaching that they could share with all those that they loved. Even those that they didn't agree with. Because it was based on truth, eternal truth. And that they were all included And this message that they were bringing, this gospel, wasn't just for certain people. It was for all people. And they saw themselves in the gospel. That's amazing. Absolutely amazing. So let's see what Apostle Paul is talking about. Now, one thing about the church uh, that you read about in First and Second Thessalonians is that there are no quotes that reference the Old Testament. Not one. This church was made up of converts. Those that believed in the gospel. And that they recognized Jesus Christ as being their Lord and Savior and the head of the church. And that the word that they were reading was about him. 
and that the prophecies were true. And there was a place for them. And that they didn't have a problem losing their lives in this life because they were going to have a life with the Lord and Savior to the whole world. And that it wasn't going to end. So it was okay to die. That wasn't a problem. They understood that. And that they had to partake in the gift of repentance. And they had to turn from those things and thought processes and behaviors that kept them separated. And that if they truly loved our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, then they would embrace the gospel. And they would walk in it. And they would share it with everyone and anyone. That was the beautiful thing, is that they weren't who they used to be. They were being transformed. It's riveting. So, let's see what the Apostle Paul is talking about. So, we're looking at 1 Thessalonians. We're going to go to chapter 1, and we're going to look at verses 4 through 6. And verse 4 reads, Knowing, beloved brethren, your election by God, 5, for our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. Six, and you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit. That is so powerful. These are converts. This is after the work of the cross. And they heard the message. That the Apostle Paul and others were bringing. And they believed it. Now there were some Jews. In this area. That were very jealous of the Apostle Paul. They were not happy. That Jews were being converted too. See it was okay for the Gentiles. But. You know there's a synagogue here. They, they, they were happy. Now Paul spoke on three Sabbaths. And. It was great. conversion going on. It was a powerful time in the spiritual realm of things. People were getting it. The scales were falling off their eyes. They weren't just listening. That message had power. They rose up and they expressed 
who their Lord and Savior was. And they went out and they spoke with other people. And they wanted them to have that same opportunity that they had. It was a a very, very wonderful time. But it was a dangerous time. Because there were some Jews that were not happy. And they went out and got people riled up and, you know, went to the powers that be. And, you know, basically um, said Paul was forming a, a group of people that wanted to challenge the authority of Rome. And that wasn't so. So Paul had to get up out of there. And got out of there pretty quickly. And it's estimated that he was there for about three months. Because, you know, he he wrote a letter, the first. And then he was upset that he had to leave. And, you know, the people's faith was so young. And he wasn't quite sure if it was taking hold. Um, he wanted it to. He had presented it as it should have been presented. But again, there are those who don't like the way certain things are being done. So he sent Timothy back to make sure that they were getting it and that they had a good foundation. And if they had any questions, they had somebody that they could talk to and go to. And Timothy was that person. You know, he was one of Paul's spiritual sons. He was handpicked by Paul. So in the second letter, um, he gets a good report from Timothy that things are going well and everything that was started is taken hold and taken off. And it's a beautiful thing that Paul had such care and concern in his heart that they were being properly taught and they were being properly cared for because there were a lot of false teachers at that particular time. And there was still a lot of jealousy with some of the Jewish faith because everyone was not accepting who Jesus was, that he was our Lord and Savior, that he was the Messiah. And that he is coming back. Everybody did not want to get on board. So it was a wonderful time spiritually. And it was a dangerous time. But again. This church. That was full of converts. After the work of the cross, they weren't afraid to die because they knew to live, they had to die. And if you're going to be transformed, then that old man or woman has to die. And they will be a physical death, but they understood That they would be born twice and die once. It was all right. So 
Let's go over to the book of Acts. Now we know Luke is the author of Acts. And it's the Acts of the Apostles. So let's find it. Again, if you're just joining us, we're talking about basic Bible study skills and how to spiritually approach the scriptures. The right heart condition, the right mindset. So we are going to go to Acts chapter 17. And we are going to look at a couple of verses. So we're going to start in verse 10. And we're going to go down to verse 12. And the Word of God says this, verse 10. Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. When they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews, 11. These were more fair-minded than those in Thessaloniki, in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. 12. Therefore, many of them believed, and also not a few of the Greeks, prominent women as well as men. 13. But when the Jews from Thessaloniki learned that the word of God was preached by Paul at Berea, they came there also, stirring up the crowds. 14. Then immediately the brethren sent Paul away to go to the sea, but both Silas and Timothy remained there. 15. So those who conducted Paul brought him to Athens and receiving a command from Silas and Timothy to come to him with all speed, they departed. So, it says here that these men were more fair-minded than those in Thessaloniki, in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. That right there should really encourage you in how to study. See, fair-minded, open to receive what the Apostle Paul was speaking about in reference to the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. See, they had a standard. Whatever they heard from a person who said they were representing the kingdom of God. That they were a Christ ambassador, if you will. That they were a minister of the gospel. They weren't jealous of them. They didn't seize them. They studied the scriptures to make sure that what they were saying was lining up. How many of us hear a message and actually apply this type of scrutiny? 
Number one, they're studying the scriptures every day. So you have to really appreciate that you're going to get revelation. That's of a divine source. It's a divine knowledge, divine wisdom. And you get it right from the source. You have to sit back and say, wow, do I really want the truth? Do I desire the truth? And what am I willing to do to seek out the truth? It wasn't important about what they thought. What it was important was, was it the truth and did it line up? We have different type of emotions and prejudice and feelings we weren't even aware of, depending on who the messenger is. Some of us have standards of what a house of God should look like, how many people should be in it, what the pastor should look like or not look like, what the message should contain or what it shouldn't contain. We have orders of service. We have certain protocols that we want to have followed. We want music at a certain part, some of us. We like to be entertained. As I like to say, Christian-tainment. Some of us are not interested in the doctrine part. We just like to go And be a part of the energy. We want to have a good time. We want to have fun. This was not the case. It says they received the word with all readiness. All readiness. See, they were prepared. They put everything out of their mind that didn't have anything to do with receiving the message. They weren't concerned with what time Paul's teaching was over with, what they were going to eat. What they were wearing. If they had a certain seat. The special seat. No. They got themselves ready. They knew what was expected of them. And that was to take it all in. See. They were interested in. Research. Finding the facts and making sure they were facts. Searching for the evidence that was already in the scriptures. To be able to say, yeah, that's solid. What Paul talked about, that's solid. Timothy talked about solid. Silas, what they talked about, solid. That's what they were looking for. And it showed them 
that if they had any weaknesses in receiving a message, what steps they needed to do to address the weaknesses. Sometimes we are weak in our listening skills. We are weak in our comprehension. We are weak in our understanding. In order to grow, we're going to have to study more, study harder, and have great teachers to be able to assist us. But that's where discipleship comes in. That's when we do it as a way of life. And that's what it should be. Our basic Bible study skills need to be incorporated that they become a daily part of our living. It's a lifestyle. Not a hobby. A lifestyle. Not something we do on annual holidays or when there's some tragedy that hits. No, it should be a part of our daily lifestyle that we incorporate it. The studying is important. And then it said it searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. And again, all it used was the word of God. All they had access to them was the word of God of the Old Testament. They looked at the scrolls. They unrolled them. They studied. They read constantly any message that was brought to them. They deciphered that message. They broke that message down. A lot of times in our traditional worship environment, uh, you may get a program that has an opportunity for you to write some notes. It talks about um, where you can write the scriptures down. It talks about application. It talks about theme. It may talk about the title of the message. And some may even have an opportunity where you can hear the whole message. I provide the whole message that I bring to you on a weekly basis and I don't charge you for it. That's just something that I don't do. The gospel was given to me. My Lord and Savior died for me to have this opportunity to be with you right today. And I want to be able to pass that on. I did not create it. I benefit from it totally. And I want to be able to pass it on. I believe that my Lord and Savior will take care of my needs concerning that. His word tells me that he will. And he has. So I don't feel obligated to charge you a fee in order to listen as often as you like and have others listen. It's about accountability too. I want to make sure I'm doing what it is that God has called me to do. 
uh, the listening audience is a part of the accountability so that we can have great discussions, passionate discussions about the Word of God. We have to get this right. We have to have an opportunity to go under scrutiny so that we can make sure that when we pass on the Word of God, that we're doing it correctly. See, the Word of God has power. And not some power. It has all power. And there are those who try to misuse it and try to capture the power. But they're exposed because by studying the scriptures and doing it on a daily basis and being ready to do it, not distracted, spending that quality time, it's going to produce in you discernment of a supernatural level and you'll be able to see things as they really are and it'd be so helpful to you now remember the focus should be on Christ and studying the scriptures as Matthew 28 18 says, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. 19, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. 20, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always to the end of the age. God bless you. And this concludes our second part of studying the Bible in reference to basic study skills. And remember here, save the loss at all costs. It is our humble prayer that the Most High God of all creation and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ continues to bless you and yours without cease for tuning in today and supporting this great move of God with your generous donations. Save the Lost at All Costs is a Holy Spirit filled, live called in weekly radio ministry that has been airing since 2005 and serving in the greater Las Vegas community. We can be heard every Sunday at 3.02 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Las Vegas. Vegas's very own Christian Talk radio stations, 1060 AM and 101.5 FM. Also, we are audio and video streamed in real time during our live broadcast at www.kkvv.com and our website, www.savethelostlv.org. If you would like to re-listen to a previous broadcast at no charge, make an online secure donation, or learn more about our ministry, please visit our website at www.savethelostlv.org. If you prefer, you can mail in a donation. Address it to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc., P.O. Box number 335852, North Las Vegas 89033. Again, our P.O. Box number is 
833-5852, North Las Vegas, 89033. All donations made to Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. are 100% tax deductible. For more information, please feel free to call or text us at 702-219-6882. Again, 702-219-6882. We would like to thank you again. Remember to remain in Christ, stay prayed up, tune in, and don't forget to save the lost at all costs, no matter what. Why don't you 